Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number five. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I am a solopreneur, my friends, and this podcast is devoted to helping you, either a solopreneur like myself, the small business owner, medium-sized business owner, to be more effective, more profitable through delegating to a virtual assistant. That's exactly what this podcast is all about. And, you know, today I have yet another interview to share with you, this time having three people on the line. And before I get to it, I want to say a very special thank you to my good friends over at ContemporaryVA.com. Of course, they are the wonderful sponsors of this podcast, and we want to say thank you to them. And of course, if you want to hear all about Contemporary VA, I encourage you to go back to last week's episode number four at contemporary or actually at virtualassistantpodcast.com. Now, today I'm bringing back this whole concept of offshore virtual assistants. Now, um, obviously, we're very heavily focused right now on the Philippines because it's really the only person uh, from a virtual assistant firm that offers offshore virtual VA services. Um, that has approached me so far. So if you happen to be a virtual assistant, if you happen to be somebody who has a virtual assistant firm and you would like to become uh, a participant in being interviewed here on this podcast, I would love to invite you to contact me. I would encourage you to email me feedback at gspn.tv. That stands for the Generally Speaking Production Network. Again, that's feedback at gspn.tv. Now, today I have the pleasure of interviewing two folks from the Philippines, Mike and Natalie. Now, I find it interesting that they go by Mike and Natalie. I, I don't believe that, that that's their real names, but obviously it makes it a little bit easier when dealing with uh, folks here in the U.S. And this is not uncommon. It's something I'm very familiar with. I, I have some great friends. Uh, I have a, a friend of mine. His name is Bavish, and he is from India. And he always goes by the name Bob. And I have some other friends like Natvar. He goes by a different name. And, and, and obviously, it's, it's sometimes it can get very difficult to pronounce uh, some, some of the names that we're not used to here in the U.S. And so they oftentimes will take a more American-style name just to get that barrier of communication out of the way. Now, if you are like I have been uh, completely... And you might listen to this interview and say, Wow, Cliff, you are such a naive American. And okay, I'll confess I am. Uh, my world has expanded and grown vastly as the result of getting into podcasting five years ago. And and so today I have literally have friends all over the world. We've got about 50 to 60,000 subscribers to all of our content. And I've got people that I, I that listen to us on pretty much every country in the world and and have interacted with so many thousands of people. And it's really opened my eyes to the understanding of just how much the rest of the world isn't like what I had in my mind. And, and, and it's, I, I, I'll tell you, I feel, I feel weird to admit it to you. But in my own mind, I grew up with this attitude that America is so far advanced uh, as compared to the rest of the world. 
and and just how you know even into my you know late teen years how i i i always thought of the you know of australia as what was shown to me on crocodile dundee it's just ridiculous i know uh, i'll rem- i'll never forget the very first time i had a oh gosh i can't even re- i think it was microsoft net meeting uh it was it was way in the early days of voice over ip and and all this other stuff and I remember talking to somebody from Australia and they were talking about their government and parliament and and their cities and and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, no way. You guys have big cities. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, well, yeah, Cliff, we do. And I'm like, oh, really? And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm probably, you know, 19, 20 years old having this conversation with these folks. And, and it, it's like, whoa, seriously, I thought you guys all lived in the outback and stuff. So, yeah, naive American. And of course, obviously, today I, I understand, of course, you know, globally, we see all kinds of news and from all over the world. And, and, and it's and it's very real. But it's still I, I'm surprised today as a podcaster, as I talk about some of the people that I interact with, as we have people fly from other countries just to come and and participate in live events and meetups and stuff like that. It's like I, I talk to my friends that aren't as involved in this flat world that we all live in. Um, and, and, and it just seems like this mindset, they're, they're still stuck in this understanding of what they read in their, you know, <laughs> you know, 16th, 17th, uh, century, uh, world civilization books that that's what they still think the rest of the world is like. And, and it's, it's really kind of uh, naive. And, and I admit that I am still, uh, I, I'm still plagued by some of that way of think, some of those ways of thinking and, and some of that's going to come out in this interview. The other thing that I want to mention to you in this interview is the audio quality. And unfortunately, there's not anything I could do about the quality. I am talking to two individuals from the Philippines via Skype. And anybody who knows technology and especially knows Skype, you guys know that Skype can be hit or miss. It's not a guarantee that you're always going to get a good connection. And today was just not our days. The stars did not align in such a way that we had great audio. But I think what we do have is great content. And I hope that this interview is helpful to those of you who are considering hiring a virtual assistant outside of the United States and to put your mind at ease into, you know, what, you know, what these folks are like. These people are real life people that have families that they're supporting. And uh, at one point in the interview, you're going to hear Natalie and in the background, you hear her, her, uh, I think her daughter in the background. And I'm like, that is awesome. I, it's just putting the putting some, you know, perspective around the fact that you've got these folks in the Philippines and sure we're, you know, and, and it's still weird to me, this idea of paying somebody five bucks an hour, knowing that, of course, you know, Steph Virtual must get a cut of some of that, obviously. And, and to know that these people are getting paid, you know, you know, uh, not as much as, you know, more than, you know, five, 10 bucks an hour or something like that. And these people are able to support their families. It, it still blows my mind. This, this, what do they call that? The, uh, the, the, uh, the econ- economic arbitrage or whatever, uh, where, where basically, you know, in their economy, that's, that's being paid not only just the minimum, but they're actually paid pretty well compared to other, uh, places of opportunity of employment there and and that and that they do make it by and I think that that comes out in this interview and and I hope again that this is a benefit to those of you who are listening if you have questions uh, that you want me to cover in future episodes I would love to hear from you 859-795-4067 is the number to call 
Again, that phone number is available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Doesn't matter. It's not going to wake anybody up here in the house when you call because it doesn't ring to a phone. It just goes straight to voicemail. So give us a call on our voicemail hotline and give us your questions here for the Virtual Assistant Podcast. And I'm eager to tell you that next week we're going to be answering plenty of those questions that have been coming in. So if you have called in, stay tuned for future episodes. We'll get to those. But uh, without any further ado, here's our interview with uh, Natalie and Mike from the Philippines and also talking with uh, Gilbert from staffvirtual.com. All right, everybody, I am on the line with, well, several folks right now. I have Gilbert Ballou again from staffvirtual.com. And we also have some other folks on the line straight from the Philippines. Uh, One just ending a shift, one just starting a shift. And I'm going to let Gilbert take just a second here and interview or to introduce uh, our, our guest today. Well, hello, Cliff. Thank you uh, so much for having us back on back online. And uh, yes, Natalie is just finishing up a shift over in the Philippines. Uh, has been working with uh, a number of different clients over over the past few months, uh, as well as Mike, who is just coming online to start a, a shift with a company here on the Pacific in the Pacific Coast. So, uh, with that, I'll I'll hand it over to you. Excellent. Uh, well, Natalie and Mike, thank you both for starting uh, or to for joining me uh, for this interview here today. You know, as as somebody who is fairly new to the world of virtual assistants and as a business owner, obviously there's a lot of uh, you know misconceptions of what it might be like uh, for you know workers in other countries who are are paid at, you know, different wages than what we're paid here in the U.S. and what we're used to paying mm-hmm. people here in the U.S. And and so I have some questions here and and, and we're going to get a little bit more involved into, you know, what it's like to, to work for Staff Virtual and, and, and you know, those kind of things. But before we go into that, I, I really want to I want to start the conversation off with a little bit more of the positive aspects of what you guys have to offer to your clients and to start things off, uh, Natalie, can you tell me how long have you been a virtual assistant? I'm going on my first year now, May 4th to be exact. And that's at the same time I started with Stat Virtual too. Okay. So, it's, yeah, almost a year. So almost a year. And how about you, Mike? Almost seven months and um, started uh, as a virtual assistant with Stat Virtual. All right. So almost a year and about seven months. All right, Natalie, let me ask you, what kind of skills relative to your role as a virtual assistant do you bring to the table? Um, well, I've been involved with HR operations and general admin. So basically my, my skills on project management and organization skills, including also customer-centric um, skills that I have, have really helped me provide services that are needed by a client. Excellent. And Mike, what kind of uh, special skills do you bring? Well, um, before I started as a virtual assistant, I was actually in the BPO industry as a call center representative. So I'm very customer service oriented and I can multitask, I can prioritize, and basically I can do, well, I can learn uh, quickly so that if anything is assigned to me, then I'll be able to perform the task um, at the par. All right. And, and Mike, let me ask you, you said, you said you were involved in a call center position in the past. Uh, was this for an American based company as well? Well, it was for various, um, accounts and there was 
the U.S. account, but I also handled U.K. accounts and the Asia-Pacific, including Australia and New Zealand. I have a question for, for uh, both of you to answer. I'll, I'll let Natalie answer first, but uh, obviously mm-hmm. you guys both speak pretty clear English. Um, and I, I had uh, some you know lessons from Gilbert before an uh, interview that I did with him. It is, I guess, your national language. Do either of you speak an additional language outside of just English? Me, no. Just English and you know, Tagalog, the common language here. But other than that, no. All right, Mike? <laughs> well, um, I took up some lessons in Spanish, and I've, I also know a few words in French and Japanese, but aside from that, but I can't speak fluently, though. <laughs> Just a few, like, greetings and stuff. So if, if, if there was a small business owner or a medium-sized business owner or a solopreneur kind of like myself, uh, you know, who was concerned about hiring a virtual assistant from a country outside of the U.S. Obviously, um, you know, if, if hiring from the Philippines, getting somebody who speaks good English obviously isn't going to be an issue there for you guys. Yes. <laughs> I, I know that, that that was brought out before, but it, I mean, I just wanted to really highlight that because that was obviously a main concern when thinking about, you know, going offshore for virtual assistants. So glad to hear that. Uh, what kind of service or work have you provided um, to your clients? Let's just say within the last year, what are some of the day-to-day tasks that you find uh, are most valuable as an asset, as a virtual assistant to the people that you work for? And I'll start off with uh, Natalie on this one. Well, um, it's a variety of tasks and functions. Like I've had clients that just require online research or just general assistance on their customer service, maybe making phone calls for them. Or I also have a client when I'm more involved in their marketing strategies and implementation of those strategies, um, doing online marketing and probably also in brainstorming for um, to do some upgrades on their services. So it, it varies. So it can be as, as simple as just doing data entry and online research. It could be as um, slightly complex as probably managing their, their financial books and as more um, complex in terms of coming out with corporate strategies for them. So it, it really depends on um, the requirements of the clients and how they see the specific VA skills would apply to their needs. Right. Now, before I go to, to Mike to answer this question, you mentioned some slight accounting work and stuff like that. Um, are you mm-hmm. familiar with like QuickBooks? And if you've used QuickBooks to help a client with uh, their their accounting work, how do you access their 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 accounting? Um, I do have some experience in QuickBooks and now I'm work, I'm using also MYOB, which is one of the, the client systems. And we do we have our own secure system wherein a client depending on like for MYOB they can upload their company profile to our secure system and I can get it from there and through our secure network I can manage their books and then we transfer the data through our secure um, database and file system. Excellent. All right, Mike, what, what kind of uh, tasks have you found yourself doing, um, you know, as far as the day-to-day kind of stuff that you offer? All right. Well, um, 
I do a lot of uh, tasks as well, uh, very uh, various stuff, and um, some of that would be contact research and profiling. I also do travel bookings and reservations um, because m uh, my clients and uh, well, my client and their colleagues um, travel around the U.S. a lot. I do market research and website management. I also do some expense and payroll reporting. So I use um, an accounting system that the client has. I update and maintain uh, their information database. And um, also I track orders and payments for them. And on occasion, I do phone calls. So for example, my client wants to interview uh, for a project manager position or post, then I would do uh, background checks and such. So there, it's all that stuff. All right. So uh, let's see here. Th that's a lot of different things that you're doing. Do you guys find that um, because you're in the Philippines and, and the, for folks here in the U.S., do you find like they're surprised at how much you can do? Um, and, and do you think it takes sometimes convincing to say, you know, hey, I can do more for you than, than, uh, than what you're actually asking? Do, do you find yourself pushing the way and forging the way to help, help them uh, let you do more things for them that they might think might be impossible or they just never thought was, would be possible? I'll, I'll allow either one of you to jump in and answer that. Well, yeah, that, that happens. Like, most of them really do not know um, the skills, the level of competence of the people here in the Philippines. So once they sign up and they, like for a couple of days, they find out, oh, you can do this. Oh, I didn't know you can do that. Or, you know, it, it takes a very short time, though, for, for them to figure out exactly what else we have to offer or what else we can do. But it's, it's not so much that we have to push, push it to them. I mean, it takes a while for them to realize that, but once they do, it just, it just moves along smoothly after that. Now, I read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. Let me, let me ask you this. Are either one of you, have you ever heard of this book? Are you familiar with this book at all? Yes, I've heard of it, but I haven't read I've, it myself. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Well, I want to tell you that there, I, I had heard about virtual assistants from a couple different folks. It really wasn't until I read this book that, that I really heard a lot of things about it. And to be honest with you, it really gave me kind of a, 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 a bad taste for the idea of, of hiring a virtual assistant offshore. Uh, one was because they really showed off this, this one example of somebody who had a virtual assistant do some, you know, emails and stuff like that. And, and the English was just atrocious, uh, in, in the examples that were provided. Obviously, uh, this person was not from the, was not from the Philippines. But the other thing that I didn't like about this was in the book, he actually says, you know, uh, as a business owner, even if you don't feel like you need a virtual assistant, you, you definitely should go out this week and hire a virtual assistant because you need to know what it feels like to transition between being commanded to do things as an employee and commanding others. And, and it almost was this like, I got the sense that, you know, it's like you should do this for an ego trip or you should do this because you need to understand that you can push other people around. And I know that's not the intent of the author, but it was the mm -hmm. it was the a way that I took it away. I even think that I had um, Gilbert say on one occasion and Gilbert, you can correct me if I'm wrong and if I'm misstating it. But it's like, you know, your guys's work ethic, you like to be told what to do. Do you ever find that people take advantage of you that, that maybe somebody from America comes on and they say, you know what, you're not from America, you're, you're not as good as us. Does that ever come into play for you guys? 
No. Good. <laughs> it, it, for, for me, it's more of, and I know I, I speak for Mike too, it's more of we are able to help someone in their business to perform well, either to, to have more time to focus on more important tasks for them to improve or for their business or, or even just to have more time for their personal life. I see it more personally at a level when I am able to help. That's excellent. And that's where, that's where I find satisfaction from what I'm doing. So, so you feel like that, that from all the clients that you work with, you're, you're very well respected and, and, and that you're seen not necessarily as this, you know, this person that just can hand, just you gets all these horrid tasks and stuff like that. But you actually are somebody who is sought after as an advisor, as a partner in the business yes. and stuff like that. We, yep. we are lucky to have clients treat us that way. I, I guess I can say that. That is great to hear. I, it, it's one of the it's one of the misconceptions I believe that's out there. If if not for a lot of people, at least for me, it was just like the way that I read that book and have heard some other people talking about virtual assistants. Like you know, if this is great. You just you just tell them what to do, and you got to really be forceful and say, you know what, I want you to do this project. And and I've heard examples of I want you to do this project, but I want you to do this. I n- I don't want you to spend any more than twenty seven minutes on this project, and and then report back to me. And and it's almost in such a way that it's like it. <laughs> it gives me this idea of these things that I've heard where that you've got these sweatshops where they're forcing little children yeah. to, to sew clothes all day long. I don't know. It, it, maybe I'm the only person that had that, but I'm glad to hear that this is not a reality. Not, not well, a if I may jump in, yeah. um, it's good to put parameters uh, around the tasks that you're looking to have uh, completed. That said, you don't want to be uh, a taskmaster, taskmaster pushing, pushing unrealistic timeframes upon your virtual assistant. Uh, For example, uh, when Mike first came on board with one of our clients, uh, he'd asked asked him to put together a research project and gave him, I believe, about two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Mike, for that that one report you first did? And I think Mike was back in touch with him in less than a week with a finalized finalized report. So in a lot of cases, our virtual assistants are working at a much quicker, more efficient speed, and, and the reason for that uh, is, could be for a variety of reasons. But uh, he was blown away by the quality of that report and, and the expediency with which Mike got it back to him. That's excellent. And and, and I obviously, I do yeah, see... I yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, um, well, um, um, executives, um, well, they all have different styles. And some of them do put place parameters, such as uh, you have to do this within this time frame, and you have to do it with a, um, a certain in, in a certain way. But uh, for the client that I have now, um, he's actually very laid back. Uh, what he does is he sends me a, a, a task and um, doesn't give me a time frame at all. So basically, it is up to me when to finish it. And for my part, what I try to do is I try to finish it as fast as I can and as quickly as I can and the best that I can. So that when I provide it to him, then he doesn't have to worry about whether, you know, whether it's going to be submitted on time or whether it's going to be good or bad. So um, I'm pretty lucky to have that kind of boss right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Well, very good. Let me ask you, what are your working hours? We'll start with Natalie. And how do you determine, how are your hours, your working hours de- time, determined with your clients? 
Well, um, I don't have a specific online time. It depends on what the tasks are required by the clients that I have. For example, if the task will involve me calling out to people in the U.S., then I would have to adjust my time to cover the specific time zone where that specific area in the U.S. may be. But if it's a task that will just require me to conduct some research or um, prepare reports for the person, as long as we agree on when it's needed and it's submitted by then, there's really no requirements for me um, to be online a specific, on a specific period. But that's different for, for Mike, though. Mike, yeah, how about uh, you? Well, for me, I usually work from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., which follows my client's time. So when he's at the office, I'm at the office as well. Okay. So now let me ask you for, for both of you, um, we'll start with Mike on this one. Mike, how many clients do you work for? Well, currently I only have the one. So um, I've, been, um, I've been doing most of the stuff that I mentioned earlier for him. Yeah. Okay. And Natalie, how many people are you working for right now? I have two. Okay. And how do you guys most communicate uh, back and forth with your clients? Uh, we'll start oh. with Natalie. Okay, we give them um, their own U.S. local hotline assigned to their VA. So Mike's client can call him on that one particular phone number, and yeah. my clients can call me on one particular number. And on top of that, we also do Skype, mostly instant messaging. So primarily it's through instant messaging, and then if the client will need to talk to us, they give us a call. All right. So here's, here's the thing. Right now, obviously, we're, we have several different um, folks on the conference call here. We're, we're obviously traveling a long distance for the Skype communication, and, and there's a lot of static on this line. Uh, are are your, your voice over IP lines, do you find that those are more uh, of a higher quality? From, yes. From, from our office... We have um, redundant broad, broadband lines, so, and then we have our phone numbers either set up to direct the calls to our VIP line or to our instant messaging system. Okay. Yep. And, and by the way, for those who are listening to this, the, the quality that we're getting here, it, I mean, it's just a certain thing with Skype. I mean, it's very possible that if we would have done this interview, you know, at, at a different time tomorrow, we probably would even have a better connection. It's just hit or miss with Skype. So uh, I just wanted to clarify that for people listening. All right. And let's see here. Now, I heard, did I hear kids in the background? <laughs> Yes, mine. Sorry, I was. I'm at home right now. No, this, this, no, that's great. I, I think that that's great. So, do you ever work from home? Me, yes. Okay. But Mike, but you go, you go into the office, right? Yes, that's right. Excellent. No, I, I, I think that's great. I, and by the way, I'm glad I heard kids in the background because I, I really want to bring home the fact to to the folks that are listening to this that you guys are real people and that 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 you have your own lives. And oh, yes, my daughter is a person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so let, She's a human being, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, and let me ask you this. Um, so you're, you, fam, you have family. Now, Mike, do you have family as well? Well, um. Uh, you mean, do I have my own family? Not yeah. yet. Okay, not, not yet. yet. Yeah. All not right. Yet. 
Let me okay. Let me let me take this in a, in the other direction here and and ask you as far as working as a virtual assistant, um, compared to the other kinds of employment that you've had there, how how is it as working as a VA? Do you really like this? And of course, I know that Gilbert's on the line here and stuff. But I mean, let's mm-hmm. pretend he wasn't here. Do you guys really like working as a VA? Yeah, I do. Well, it's um, yes. it's actually um, with a call center. Like I said, I worked with the call center before. Um, it was pretty oh. stressful. But um, with a uh, with a VA job, um, I wouldn't say that I want more stress. <laughs> but uh, it is actually less stressful, and uh, it allows you to be more creative. And like I said, my boss he just gives me instructions, and he doesn't really uh, give me. Uh, um, he doesn't tell me. You do it this way or you do it that way. So, for example, for market research, she says, um, find out um, more about this uh, process because we want to we wanna take this on for our company. So I'd put up a report for him. I'd make a PowerPoint presentation or I, a written document as well and send it to him. So it allows me to be more me, I guess, if that makes any sense. Sure. Right. Yeah. Now- there's there's a, a certain level of flexibility with working with staff virtual. Like I can work from home and I can also work in the office. Um, but not only that, it's also because um, if you've been working for several companies like I did, I've worked in a pharmaceutical com- company, I've worked in BPOs, in outsourced services, I've worked in an auto dealership. I know the difference between working in a strict environment compared to working with, um, with staff virtual wherein you have a direct interaction with your client as opposed to like, for example, like, well, like Mike, if you work in an outsourced services, you just deal with their customers on a daily basis. You don't really have a connection with the client themselves, um, the one who makes the decision, the person who actually manages the company. And that's what we get. From, from staff virtual, which is a good thing for us too. Because not only are we able to help them, but we also get some sort of training or experience um, and see actually how people in the U.S., managers or business owners in the U.S., actually do their, manage their business. So that's also an experience for us. Excellent. Let me ask you, uh, as far as working in, in the various different fields that both of you have had, uh, what's the pay like for you as a virtual assistant? I mean, is are things going well for you financially as working as a virtual assistant in the Philippines? With, I can say this with staff virtual, the, the compensation with staff virtual is above the standards here in the Philippines. Um, especially, it, it depends on the industry that you're with. Like, um, and at the level, of course, if you're a manager or you're um, um, uh, uh, a rank and file or staff employee. But yes, with staff virtual, since we're having um, compensated above the standards, of course, yes. Good. Yeah. And, and Mike, you're able to make all ends meet and everything like that as, as working as a VA there? Yes, definitely. Excellent. No problem. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So um, going back to the professional experience that you guys have, um, what kind of education do you have or certifications or any kind of associations that you bring to the table for your clients? And we'll start with Natalie. Okay. I'm a graduate of um, BS Psychology, four-year course in psychology. It's a pre-med. 
and I've, I have certifications on project management, accounting and taxation, HR, recruitment, um, everything about HR, because that was my, uh, my area 10 years ago. So that, that's it. All right. And Mike? Um, well, for my part, um, I graduated with a degree of philosophy and human resource development. And basically, um, that's it. <laughs> okay. Let me ask. Yeah. Okay. So you guys both told me a little bit about some of the work that you already do. Are there anything that, any kind of skills that you have that you could bring to the table that you, I mean, in, in a dream world, you wish you could do for a client, either your existing client or clients or a future client. What is something that you believe is a skill that you could bring to the table that you really hope to, to be able to use for your client's benefit one day? I would say, because I, I, like Mike, I'm sure um, we've done a lot. We're doing a lot of things for clients. It's like it covers most of our skills probably. But maybe um, I would like to be more involved in a client's um, managing the business. Maybe setting up um, either departments or expansion of a company, something like that. Nice. I want to be more involved in in an executive level, if I could say that. It's a dream world. It's my dream. (laughs) What about you, Mike? I would have to agree. Um, For now, as a virtual assistant, basically I'm doing administrative tasks. But I'd like to take on a more um, executive role as well. Probably help um, direct the company uh, towards, um, you know, towards improvement and towards development. So something along those lines. Excellent. Well, hey, you know, I really appreciate, again, both of you coming on to the show today. Gilbert, I want to say thank you for allowing this to be, uh, to making for making this possible and to really giving uh, some folks a real good perspective of, of, of what goes on in the lives of these virtual assistants from the Philippines and to, to let people know the, the skills that you have, the, the desire that you have to, to help others. And I just want to say thank you both very much. And thank you very much. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. We're glad to be able to help out. All right. Yeah. Well, everybody, that is our fifth episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. And just want to say that was it was good to get to be able to have a perspective from a virtual assistant or two in the Philippines. And very glad to have uh, that set up by my good friend over there at staffvirtual.com. Of course, this podcast is sponsored by Contemporary VA. If you head over to ContemporaryVA.com, I want to encourage you to check them out. But also, you know, check out Gilbert's company as well. You know, as as Heather said last week in her interview with us, she says, listen, you know, having a virtual assistant like a bathing suit. You really got to find the one that fits you. And there are so many options. And of course, we're going to cover more options and more questions and get back to your questions again next week. And until then, everybody, join the community. Thank you.